No mai, haere mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute. This is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today we talk to Director of Research and Development Marcus Roberts about his recent column. Marcus, welcome along to the podcast. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Jason. Good to be here. Uh, Today we are talking about your recent column, an independent foreign policy? No thanks. <laughs> now, you've taken this phrase, um, independent foreign policy, and uh, you've noted that one commentator um, said in regards to our sending of a detachment of uh, operators to Yemen, uh, that it was the beginning of the end of New Zealand's independent foreign mm. policy. Um what does it that phrase "independent foreign policy" actually mean? Because there's lots of ways you, I guess, you could skew that phrase. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what drove the uh, the article was uh, exploring what this means and making the argument that it is a phrase that actually conceals more than it illuminates. Mm. That it's often used in a way that seems to suggest that independent foreign policy means. A foreign policy decision that I like. Yes, yes. <laughs> so as long as I agree with it, then it's an independent foreign, decision, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, an independent yeah. foreign policy decision. Uh, if it's something I don't agree with or if it's something that looks like it's too kowtowing to America, then it's not independent. Mm. Um, so I was just making the point that um, – I don't like the phrase. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and because and that we should it, it, stop using it. Yeah, because it's – I guess, illumines a preference, a personal preference rather than an actual independent. Yeah. I mean, I guess the that, idea of independence is you can do whatever you want. Mm, yeah. So I think that that, you know, the idea that it's just saying the the author's personal preferences, yeah. that's, I mean, that's a cynical view of it. The other way you could read independent foreign policy is to mean a decision that we as in New Zealand policymakers mm. reached. Yes. So, so no one phoned up from an overseas country Correct. and said, you guys have to do this. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And if that's what we mean by independent foreign policy, then it's a useless phrase because that is how- Every decision is an yeah. independent decision correct. made by New Zealand political leaders. Correct. I mean, I think if you think that Joe Biden's directing New Zealand's foreign policy, yeah. I mean, it's it's just not true. Yeah. yeah. Um, Talk about conspiracy, yeah. right? Next level, yeah. I don't- is he even doing America's foreign policy? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a discussion for another podcast. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 point is that we sometimes support the US, yes. such as sending operatives to Yemen, yes. which was announced last week, mm. uh, and sometimes we refuse to do what America wants. Mm. Um, so we don't support them in their votes supporting Israel in the UN. Yeah. Uh, we refuse to send troops uh, for the invasion of Iraq, although mm. we sent troops and ships later to, to help around that. Um, so the point is we're not always doing what America wants. Yes. Um, so to say that we're in the thrall of America just because we decide to support them in this particular instance. In this, in, in this independent instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't, uh, doesn't ring true. Uh, we've decided to send troops to support Yemen. Yes. Uh, sorry, to support the operation in Yemen because we believe it's in our interests. Mm. Uh, so that doesn't 
negate our independent foreign policy. That's still us making a decision. Yeah, we, as New Zealand, our political leaders made that decision without anyone externally constraining them to do it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's what we mean by independent foreign policy, then whether or not we send troops to Yemen, we still have independent foreign policy. Yes. But if that's what we mean, then it's just a trite phrase and it doesn't add much. Because it's... Yes. It's it's a clearly moot true. point, right? Yeah, clearly because true. If, yeah, we have an independent foreign policy because we decide. Yeah, so if that's what it means, then we should get rid of it. Mm. On the other hand, if it means we are independent because we are free to do whatever we wish, yes, uh, then it's not true. Yes, <laughs> so <laughs> we shouldn't use it. Not true. Yeah, yeah. then we shouldn't use it um, because we we can't just do whatever we want correct. in terms of foreign policy. We can't say uh, I want a free trade deal with India. Yes. I'm going to do it. That's mine now. Yeah. Uh, we would like one, but yes. they also get a say. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and you might have noticed, Jason, India is much bigger than us and much more powerful. <laughs> yes, so, that's right. <laughs> uh, they get a say, and it's probably bigger say than we get. Yes. Uh, so if we mean by independent foreign policy, free from constraint, mm. then it's untrue. We're yes. all bound by reality. Yes. Uh, individuals, countries. New Zealand is bound by probably a bit more reality than other countries. Yes, yes. Um, because we are small. Mm. We have a small population. We are um, relatively small landmass. We don't have many natural resources. We're not wealthy. Mm. Um, and we have a military that is tiny. Yes. And is actually getting smaller as we speak. Yes. Um, so when uh, Defence Minister Judith Collins announced or was part of the announcement to support Yem- mm. uh, the operation in Yemen, she conceded that the size, six, six yeah. Defence Force people, <laughs> yeah. was partly constrained by the fact that we don't have the resources to support more to send at the more. moment. Wow. Yeah, that's like a squad. Six is like a, a, a fire team or something like that. It's hardly any it's, it's support. Not, it's not It's a lot. nominal, it's, right. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. It's showing the flag. Yes. But the fact that one of the reasons why we're sending so small is because we uh, probably can't send more than six. Yeah. I mean, that just shows how limited our, yeah. our defence force is. It's decreased by 30% in the last three years. Is that right? Yeah, in the last 20 months. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> 30% drop. So even yeah. yesterday in the New Zealand Herald, there was an article about how the SAS, which is probably one, the one world-renowned part of our military. Yes, and, and the one that you would expect would be able to recruit people because yes. yes. everyone wants to be in the SAS, yeah. right, the, the, the best of the best. So they are desperately trying to throw money bonuses at SAS troops to keep them in New Zealand. Oh, wow. Because if you're that good, you've also got transferable You've got skills. options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got options. <laughs> uh, so it's not looking good for our military. So that's a, that's a constraint on yes. our foreign policy. Yes. Um, the other constraint is we are in the middle of nowhere mm. and we rely on seaborne trade yes. to make our way in the world. To, to, to import and export. Yeah, to sell our goods, yeah. but also to import everything. Yes. Everything. What, what do we make yeah. in New Zealand? Yeah. Nothing. Um, we make some <laughs> I food. I think we make jibboard. <laughs> yeah. Do we? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not sure anymore. Maybe the plants no, move no, to Australia. I don't know if we do. Um, we make some food, but again, we rely on fertilizer and stuff for that to be imported. Yeah. Imported on ships. What does that rely on? It relies on cheap, safe Sea travel. Sea travel. Um, that doesn't happen automatically. No. And it certainly doesn't happen because of the New Zealand Navy. Yes. It happens because the um, US Navy protects. The shipping lanes. Around the world. Yes. Including in the Red Sea. Yes. Uh, against being attacked by Yemen. So it's in our interest to keep sea lanes open. Mm. Um, but that's another constraint. We need um, sea lanes open. We're a global trading um, nation. 
Um, so we need to think about, well, how do we support these sea lands? Because they don't just happen in a vacuum. And I think this is underlying mm. a lot of our foreign policy discussion is the idea that the peace and prosperity that we've relied on for the last, or sorry, that we've got used to in the last mm. 70 years mm. um, just happens naturally. It's kind of the default way of operating Correct. in the world, but it's not. No, a read of history would suggest that it is the glaring exception to the mm. rule that life is nasty, brutus, and short, yes. in the words of uh, Thomas Hobbes. Um, so that conflict is unfortunately um, an inevitable part of of, of existence. And so um, when you get into that reality, into that mindset, into that reality, you realise how constrained we are. And actually mm. we, we do need friends and allies. Yes. And it's probably good to pick friends and allies that we share some common interests with. So the outcome of all of this is – Act in reality, I guess, yep. in concert with reality. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But also, uh, don't use the word a phrase "independent foreign policy." <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks, Marcus, uh, <laughs> for being with us today. Lots of good thoughts. Cheers, Jase. Last week, the government announced that New Zealand would deploy six New Zealand Defence Force personnel to the Middle East to help in operations against the Houthis in Yemen. They will provide precision targeting and intelligence gathering information and will work alongside troops from the USA, the UK, Australia, the Netherlands, Canada and Bahrain. Major opposition parties criticise this deployment. Labour and the Greens fear that it will inflame tensions in the region. One respected commentator on international affairs has wondered whether this deployment, small though it is, marks the beginning of the end for New Zealand's independent foreign policy. Hopefully, this marks the beginning of the end of our use of the phrase independent foreign policy. It has become a shibboleth, adding little that's substantive to the foreign policy debate. Indeed, the phrase's use has become more confusing than clarifying. What do we mean by it? Are we implying that our foreign policy is made in Wellington and not dictated by someone else? Read the USA. If so, then the phrase is merely stating the obvious. Our leaders make our foreign policy decisions. Sometimes these are contrary to the USA's wishes, like staying out of Iraq or not voting at the UN in support of Israel, and sometimes these are in line with the USA's wishes, like the Yemen operation. An independent foreign policy doesn't mean doing the opposite of what our allies want, but often it seems as if independent foreign policy is used to mean precisely this. So if that's what we mean, then let's be accurate. It's an anti-American foreign policy. Alternatively, if we mean free from constraint when we say independent, then the phrase is untrue. All of us are restrained by reality, and our foreign policy makers might be more tightly bound than most. We're a small island nation at the bottom of the world which heavily relies on seaborne trade. With the exception of Australia, our markets are a long way away. We have little military force to speak of and are hemorrhaging what little we do have. When announcing the deployment in Yemen, Defence Minister Judith Collins conceded that it is currently difficult to provide more than six troops. We therefore rely on others, again read the USA, to protect the safe passage of ships carrying our goods and imports across the sea lanes. A disruption to the sea lanes in one part of the world affects everywhere else. The Red Sea attacks will have ripple effects for a long time to come. At a time when the rules-based consensus of the last few decades is eroding, it's salutary to recall that we have more in common, and more interests in common, with our traditional friends and partners. Such factors constrain the choices that we can make in foreign affairs. These choices might be made in New Zealand, 
but they're certainly not made in a vacuum. Sending troops to the Middle East will not change that. But hopefully it will end our use of a trite, confusing phrase. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Matewa, goodbye for now. Thank you.